at war. God's going to help us. And there's already several who have plugged in to the leading of the Holy Ghost and uh, to the direction of the Spirit uh, would, would have us uh, to go today. But I believe at the conclusion, and I don't want to preach long today, but I believe at the conclusion of this service, I believe it's the will of God for many more people uh, to plug into a warring dimension of prayer. And uh, I believe some things are going to be accomplished in the Spirit today before we leave this house. How many would agree with Pastor right now? Some... Some great things are going to be accomplished in this house. Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. Go ahead and give the Lord another hand clap of praise as you're making your way back. Now, we just went from warring. Now, don't get quiet on me now, okay? Don't get quiet on me. How many is going to help me preach? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you turn to two or three people around you and say, you know we're at war, right? (laughs) How many know there's a war going on in our world right now? I'm not talking about a physical war with physical armies. I'm talking about a spiritual war. There's spiritual opposition. Spiritual opposition. How many know there's a war going on over your family right now? There's a war going on over your kids right now, over your marriage right now, over your mind right now. There's a war going on over your ministries and over your finances. There's a war going forth. How many know there's a, there is a war going on over your life? And over your calling. Somebody said amen. How many know there's a war going on over this church? I felt that the last week or two, the enemy is attacking. The, the enemy is attacking and uh, certain individuals. And he's trying to creep in. And he's trying to uh, accomplish his work in this church. Uh, but we're not going to let him do that. I have no control over what unsubmitted people do. I have no control over the decisions that unsubmitted unsubmitted people make. I can only teach and pray and preach and counsel to those who want to be submitted to the counsel, submitted to the teaching of the word of the Lord and do what God has asked them to do. How many know God has given us all a free will? We can do whatever we want to do. Unsubmitted people are going to do whatever unsubmitted people want to do. And how many know that the enemy works most of the time through unsubmission? He works through unsubmission in my life. He works through unsubmission in your life. The areas where we are unsubmitted are the doorways that are open to the work of the adversary. I may know that to be true. But there is an attack. There is an an attack over the church, attack over us. Uh, We are at war with an adversary. But we also understand and know that greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. It's often quoted, but we need to make sure that we know it and we remember it and we're standing upon that, that the enemy has no power other than that which I relinquish to him by believing his lies. The presence of the Lord is greater. Yes, there is darkness in the world, but I can tell you one thing, light dispels all darkness. 
I said light dispels all darkness. Darkness cannot stand against the light of Jesus Christ. Come on, if you believe that, put your hands together. Give him praise. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it is the question that we have to ask ourselves this morning is this. What are the actions of the believers supposed to be in time of war? What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to act? What are we supposed to accomplish? What are we supposed to do in these times of spiritual warfare? Now, there's a lot of things we could discuss, but one specific thing that I feel to discuss today, what are we supposed to do when the enemy has made advances onto our homes? What are we supposed to do when the enemy has made advances into our marriages and our families and our ministries and our church? What are we supposed to do in response to the enemy's intentions of stealing and killing and destroying? How many know he's gotten really good at doing that. He's had ample opportunity to steal, kill, and destroy. And so what are we supposed to do in response to his attempts of stealing and killing and destroying us, our families, our homes, our churches, our ministries? I believe the word of the Lord would give us insight and instruction for what we are to do. How many know it's a good place to go to the word to get instruction and insight on what we are supposed to do? For it is that in the Old Testament we find uh, David and his fighting men. They were away from home. And as they were away from home, the Amalekites invaded their city. And the Bible says that the enemy, the Amalekites, came into their city as David and all the fighting men were gone. And the Amalekites came in and they took their wives and they took their children and they took their cattle and they took their riches. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 3, the Bible says this. It gives us uh, what happened uh, in response when they found out that their women, their wives, their kids, their riches, everything had been taken. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 3. So David and his men came to the city. They came back to the city. And behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people were with him, lifted up their voice, and they wept until they had no more power to weep. And so we see here the depth of their pain, and we see here the crushing weight of the sadness that they were dealing with on this particular day. We see here the despair that they were experiencing because the ones that they had loved have been taken by the enemy. Their homes have been burned. Their wives, family, children have been taken. But it is what the Bible says that David does next that I really want you to see. First Samuel chapter 30 and verse 8. The Bible says, And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him. The Lord answered him and said, I want you to pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them. Ready? And without fail, you will recover everything. Oh, hallelujah. Everything the enemy has taken from you. Everything the enemy has stolen from you. I want you to pursue after it. And when you get it, you will recover everything. 
So the Bible says that this is exactly what David does. For he pursues after the enemy. He pursues after the adversary that has torn his family apart. David goes, hear me, he goes on the offensive. I said David goes on the offensive against that which was trying to destroy that which he loved the most. In fact, the Bible describes and records David's offensive attack against the enemy like this. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 17. And David smoked them from the twilight even until the evening of the next day. There was no let up. And there escaped not one man of the enemy, save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. I want you to notice with me this morning that for 24 hours straight, David warred against the adversary. Pastor Elijah, you got to know that in some point in that 24-hour period, David and his men got a little tired. At some point, you just have to believe in, in, some, uh, in that 24-hour period, they got a little hungry. At some point in that 24-hour period, they no doubt got a little weak in battle. Can you imagine fighting, swords, clanging, fighting, the physicality of it all for 24 hours. You got to know they got tired at some point. You got to know they got weary at some point. But I'm here to tell you that that did not stop them from warring against the adversary that was coming against the ones that they loved the most. And the outcome, the outcome of that battle was this. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 18. And David recovered all. <laughs> David recovered everything that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that had been taken from them. David recovered everything. Somebody shout, he got everything back. And the point I feel to make from this text today is this, that it is fine and it is natural and it is human to weep over that which you may have lost. The Bible says that when David and his men, you may be seated, got back and they witnessed everything that was lost, it says that they wept until they had no more strength to weep. But at some point, like David, you have to allow your weeping to turn into warfare. 
Because it was not David's weeping that got his wives back. And it was not David's weeping that got his kids back. And it was not his weeping that caused him to recover both small and great. But it was when he turned his weeping into warfare that it moved him into a position to be able to fight against the adversary and to recover everything that had been taken from them. Come on, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Woo! Ah. If I could get some help with the monitor, please. Give me a little bit more, a lot more actually. And here's what I feel to tell this great church that I love. I believe in the Holy Ghost. Hear me. Where's Sister Carrie at? I'm going to agree with you right now. Backsliders are coming home. But that's just part of it. I believe in the Holy Ghost. That there is a recover all revival. I feel a witness in the Holy Ghost right now. I said, I feel in the Holy Ghost. There's a recover all revival hanging over this church right now. Come on. I know there may be some unsubmitted people. I know there may be some people that aren't doing what we want them to do. But I'm here to tell you, that's not going to stop the recover all revival that God has promised for this church. But it's going to be incumbent upon somebody who's going to be willing to make up your mind. You're going to go into a dimension of spiritual warfare like you've never operated in before. I'm here to tell somebody, it's time for the church to get off the sidelines. It's time for the church to go on the offensive. I need to tell somebody right now, it's time for you to stop weeping and it's time for you to turn your weeping into warfare. I know what the enemy has accomplished in your life is rough. I know it's bad. I know there's loss. I know there's pain. I know there's suffering. And I know you cry and cry and cry. But if you're ever going to recover what the enemy has stolen from you, at some point you're going to have to dry your eyes. You're going to have to stand up on your feet. And you're going to have to remember who you are in Jesus Christ. Somebody's going to have to remember the power and the authority that resides within you. Let me tell you something. And I love this lady way too much to ever embarrass her. Amen. But Sister Bobby, you were praying today. You were praying today. And, and let me just tell you what happened. You might know what happened, but let me tell you what happened. You were praying over here, and I, I don't know what you're praying for, but I sensed something in the spirit. I sensed, I sensed there was something you were fighting for. And you made the comment, and I'm just going to use you as an example to help the rest of us. You used the comment. You were right here. I just happened to be walking by, and you said, we need you, Lord. The problem is this. We've got him. We don't need him. 
You only need something you don't have. But it wasn't about 10 seconds later. And I don't know if you got a revelation or something hit you. But all of a sudden there was a warfare cry that came forth. And the Lord spoke to me. And I didn't even have to tell you. I was going to stop you and tell you. But the Lord took care of it. And you were submitted to the voice. The Lord spoke to me and said, she, she doesn't need me. She has me. I'm waiting for her to tell me what to do. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> I went to the cross. I shed my blood. I died. I purchased healing, deliverance, salvation, everything she needs for her family. I've already taken care of it. I'm just waiting for her to give instruction and direction. <laughs> no, we don't boss him around. He's the God of all gods, the King of all kings, and the Lord of all lords. But he's waiting to see, is there a people who understands the power and the authority that they possess in me, that what they speak, I accomplish, and what they do... Come on. How many know that out of your mouth possesses life and death? You can speak life. You can speak death. You can speak life to things that need to leave, live, and you can speak death to things that need to die. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Speak on earth as it is in heaven. Somebody needs to understand the power you have, the authority you have. It's time for somebody to go on the offensive. It's time for somebody to go to war. Come on, put your hands together. Give him praise. Now listen, I say this with all the love I have. There's too many of us that are cowering in our tents because of a Goliath that's down in the valley. He's so big. He's so strong. He's so overwhelming. I'm just going to cower here in my tent and weep, cry, lament what could be. There needs to be some Davids. You hear me? I said there needs to be some Davids. The Bible says that David ran. Ran to meet Goliath. Y'all can stay in your tents if you want. You can cower in fear if, you're, if you want. I'm not even going to go down to the valley and wait for the enemy to come to me because I know who is in me. I know the power that I possess in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know who I am. I know who's on my side. I know who's got my back. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to run to the adversary. I'm not afraid of him. He has to be afraid of me. 
I know he may look bigger, but he's not bigger than me. I know he may look stronger, but he's not, he's not stronger than me. It's not me that he's fighting against. It's the God of all heaven that lives on the inside of me. Come on, somebody. You've wept over that thing long enough. It's time to get up and go towards it and fight against it until it comes down and then chop its head off and rejoice in the victory that God has given to you. Go to war and recover all. Somebody said amen. You may be seated. The book says it like this. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 9. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. A greater anointing than what everybody else has. You've got it. Hear me in the Holy Ghost. It's not enough that we just love what God loves. We have to hate what God hates. You say, well, I didn't think Christians are supposed to hate. The Bible says. Proper hate. We're not talking about hating people. That's wrong. We're talking about hating the effects and the works of the adversary. And if we'll love what he loves and hate what he hates, he says there's going to be an anointing that's going to flow out of us in a degree and in a dimension to be able to accomplish what he's called us to accomplish. But hear me, that anointing is only released because we hate what he hates. I'm here to tell somebody that some anointings necessary for victory in battle are only released when you start hating what God hates. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 8, there's a time to love and there is a time to hate. There is a time of war and there is a time of peace. Listen, I believe the love is connected to the peace. And the hate is connected to the war. There is an anointing necessary for spiritual warfare that is only released when we begin to hate the things that God hates. Let me bring it on home. It's time for somebody to start hating the effects of sin with a passion like you've never hated them before. It's time for somebody to start hating the work of the enemy like you've never hated it before. It's time for somebody to start hating the intentions of hell towards your friends, towards your family members like never before. 
I'm here to tell somebody the enemy has only come to steal and to kill and to destroy and it is time for the church to start hating what the enemy is trying to accomplish with such a passion that it moves us out of our comfort zones and it moves us into a place of spiritual warfare because when we get to that place the Lord says there's an anointing that you can receive and feel now that was always present but you just never could and walk in it because you didn't hate what I hate. Woo. Hallelujah. 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 Now, I don't know why I feel to do this, but I feel it. You can stand or be seated, whatever you want to do. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the spirit that I hate. I hate that spirit. That, cause, and that causes people to cut themselves. I hate that spirit. I hate a lot of what the enemy does. But there's something about that spirit. I hate that spirit. It is the same spirit as the spirit of suicide. It's just on a smaller level. I hate that spirit. The Bible says the man in scripture it says that he cut himself and he lived in the tombs because the spirit tells them they're hopeless. They're unable to break free. He lived among that which was associated with, that he associated with the most. That was all that was dead without hope in life. And when they cut themselves, I don't know who I'm talking to. It's only because they've listened to that lie that's telling them that they are worthless and they're hopeless. And there's nothing that anybody can do to help them. And I hate that spirit because I know there is hope for them in Jesus Christ. And their life can be changed. And those chains of hopelessness can be broken. I hate that cutting spirit. I hate that suicidal spirit that binds that individual and rides them to a place of total destruction. And because I hate that spirit, I want to go to war against it with everything that I have within me. I pray right now in this house, God, if there's anybody that's struggling with cutting themselves, uh, suicidal thoughts, uh, I bind it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I pray revelation to flow to their minds uh, and to their hearts. Uh, I pray that they would understand the love of Jesus Christ. Uh, I pray that they would feel even right now the power of the one who loves them so much uh, and for them to understand uh, that they are not without hope. Uh, they are not without peace. Uh, they are not without joy but you have come to give life and that more abundantly time for somebody to get to a place in the spirit where you so hate what the enemy's trying to do that you do something about all this business of it just is what it is. No. No. That's not to leave the lips of an apostolic believer. It needs to push you to a place where you say, I've got the authority. I've got the power to do something about it. 
Don't tell me you hate something that the enemy is doing in your life or the life of somebody you love and you've yet to fast the first day about it. Now we're getting real. Don't tell me you hate it. You can't even join the church in three days of prayer and fasting. Don't tell me you hate the carnage that the devil is inflicting and yet you have not elevated your prayer about it in the last weeks or months. You're still praying the same way you've always prayed about it. Same level you've always prayed about it. Same intensity you've always prayed about it. Or you've stopped praying about it altogether because you've succumbed to the fact that this is just the way it's going to be. Don't tell me that you hate what the enemy is up to in your life and you still worship the same, talk the same, act the same way spiritually that you've always acted. I know we were shouting, but now it's getting real. Because it's not enough to just shout about it, going to war. We have to have insight and understanding of what it looks like to go to war. I don't want you just to shout about it. I want us to actually do it. For when you get to that place where you truly hate what the enemy is doing, it's going to motivate you to a place of spiritual warfare and worship and prayer and dedication and passion and sacrifice like you've never operated in before if you truly hate it. Come on. Hallelujah. Now hear me. You may be seated. Hear me. Spiritual warfare is invading the enemy's territory. So we have to ask ourselves the question this morning, are we conducting ourselves like we are invading the enemy's territory? We gotta ask ourselves, am I living out my spiritual walk in a manner that would exemplify warfare? Or are we just doing what we've always done? You see, because just going through the motions is not invading the enemy's territory. Just having normal church isn't an invasion of the enemy's territory. Let me stop here for a moment. I'm going to pray. Sister Tina Richardson, you don't normally run. I haven't seen you run in a while. You did something that was out of your comfort zone. I think I know who you were doing it for. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I ask you to speak to that heart right now. You saw Sister Tina's willingness to get out of her comfort zone and war in a dimension of worship like she hasn't done in a long time. I pray right now, God, that you honor that. That was not comfortable for her, but she did it anyway. I pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would move upon her family, that you would move upon her husband, you would move upon her daughter right now and wherever she's at, that you would speak to her. Let, let her feel the power of the Holy Ghost. Let there be a drawing. Let there be a drawing back to the things of you. 
Let her be reminded of the presence of the Lord that she used to feel as a young girl. Let her feel it even right now in the name of the Lord Jesus in response to the warfare worship of her mother. I pray it to be done right now in Jesus' name. Come on, it's time for somebody to start doing some stuff you didn't used to do. It's time for somebody to get out of your comfort zone. It's time for somebody to go to war. It's time for somebody to go to battle. It's time for somebody to say, the way I used to worship isn't going to cut it. The way I used to pray isn't getting it done. The way I used to sacrifice isn't making it happen. i got to get involved in warfare. I've got to get involved in warfare worship, warfare prayer, warfare sacrifice, warfare. Stand to your feet right now, give him praise. Go ahead, lift your voice. Stay where you are, wherever, whatever you want to do. I don't care. I don't care. Somebody just release warfare in the house.